From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Podcast with Ranger Proud, uh, post game versus the Bruins, and the Blue Shirts winning in a shootout, and probably the best shootout I've ever seen. Wow, wow, we gotta talk about this, man. And man, where do we start? I know exactly where we start. We start with Igor Shosturkin. He had a monster night. He gave up the Russ goal early on, and and I say this to RP, and RP knows this. And as the game goes, or the further along a game goes, and Igor is in net, the stronger he gets. And it, this was, I mean, example A, living proof of that. And him getting uh, knocked down, and I, he even had a Willis Reed moment. The guy got knocked out. He had, you know, his eyes was kind of blinking, and Ramsey came onto the ice, and they took him off the ice, and came back on to come back, you know, support the team. Had a Willis Reed Madison Square Garden moment, man, and then you know, I mean, so many people we could really give props, but the Hedo line in particular was really energetic all game long, and Philip Hedo was big time tonight. Uh, his contributions, two points, uh, one, you know, one point going into the overtime, one point for a nine round shootout. We gotta talk. Let's talk, man. I am thoroughly excited and pumped. I want RP on. I want Glenn on. Bring podcasts with Ranger Proud. It took a week and some change after the NHL All-Star break. But RP, wow, what that was. I am I am pumped, man. I am pumped, RP. What's up, man? We bring on Glenn after that. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, that's a great one. That was uh, an exciting shootout. It took them a little bit of time to find their legs and get going. They're not a great first period team anyway, so that's all right. Help, that's uh, all right. Having a fourteen day, <laughs> having a fourteen day layoff, you knew they were going to come out a little flat. And you know, yep. tonight was the Bruins' fourth game since the All Star break, mm-hmm. so they were a little bit fresher and got back into the groove a little bit faster. But you know, a solid win. Uh, you got to like a lot what you saw. Hedl played well. Truba was throwing yes. the body great. You know, you can't complain, and, you know, Chesterkin was, uh, he stood on his head a couple of times, uh, a la Henrik Lundqvist in previous years, to, to keep them in that. So, I mean, that was a fun Dude. win. They're playing some great hockey at home. They're, they're really a tough, you know, what Gallant wanted when, when he first came here, to be a tough team at the Garden, you have that. They they play very well at the Garden. They keep getting points after points, and that that's a solid win. So a great way to start coming out of the the All Star break and the, the two week layover. Yeah, and um, we're gonna bring on Glenn get his thoughts, but you know, let me not forget about Keandre Miller, who <laughs> RP doesn't he do this all the time since he came into the league? He'll make a mistake as far as you know, making a penalty. He'll eat the penalty, sitting in the box for two minutes, and then. Later, later on in the game, he comes up and makes up for it in the same game. He does it all the time, it seems. And then he draw he drew yeah, the penalty. They traded the Rangers' power play. And then, you know, as far as keeping up from the momentum going, and then you saw how he finished it off in the uh, ninth overtime, ninth shootout, the installment of the uh, shootout. I mean, this guy's man. And, and, and I'll get it more to Keandre because there's a lot of great things he did tonight. I'll, I'll put out the particulars. Anything you'd like to say about that before we bring on uh, going? No, I mean, look, that's how Keandre Miller plays. It was a, a great shootout goal. He's playing with a lot of confidence. Yeah, he, you know, for whatever reason, he, he tends to make that mistake. That you're like, oh, what is he doing? But, you know, he does bounce back most of the time, and tonight was no different. So that he he doesn't let a mistake get him, doesn't lose his confidence. He just goes back out there and, and, and gets the job done the next time. I am fucking hyped on this one. I mean, I mean, I don't know, man. It's like the game was kind of, you know, slow. It, it, this is the thing, you know. Bring it on, was, man. Yeah. It's I, the I, first I, period. I hold my two shots on goal. So yeah, yeah. But that's the thing about this team. As the game goes on, they get they 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 get stronger and they get stronger. I yeah. believe when the guys in that Igor uh, Igor Shosturkin. Hey, go ahead, what's up, man? I go go go, Rocky. And then we got going after that. No, 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 no. We, we've said that all along. They're they're not. 
They're not a good first period team, and they play much better when Chester is in goal. They just do. Mm-hmm. It's a different. It's a different feeling when he's when he's back there. You know, you know he's going to make that big save. He this year, more than I guess since he started, he doesn't seem to be giving up the crappy goal. And you know now he's playing with such confidence and such passion. You know, when he pulled him out of the game and he slammed his stick, Ranger fans love that. I love this. He was doing it. It showed his passion. You know, he wanted to be yeah. there. He knew the situation. What was it? Ten seconds, fourteen seconds left when he pulled him out and. Going into a shootout, you know, he, he knows what's going on. So, yeah, you got to love that about him. We're putting that game in the, in the MSG Garden Classic. It's probably going to be there, like, by Thursday. <laughs> Glenn, what's up, man? How you doing, man? Hey, Steve, you took the word right out of my mouth. And that word is wow. Um, I mean, you got a, a great game to begin with. Um, you know, there was some lulls, but, you know, it was a one nothing game for the first and second period. So, you know, it's still, you know, anything can happen. And then you get uh, a, a big dose of drama at the end with the uh, Shesterkin concussion protocol thing. And, and like you called it, it mm-hmm. was like a Willis Reed moment when he came back out. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was at, I was actually hoping that the Rangers called a timeout. I was thinking they should like throw the puck in the in the crowd a few times to like you know try to waste enough time for him to come back for the shootout. Um, so uh, you know that worked out well. But uh, you know, like RP said, uh, you know the passion that he showed. I mean, the crowd was already fired up, and uh, when he skated off and slammed his stick against the the glass there, I mean that really got the crowd into a frenzy. And, uh, you know, it reminded me of some of the great nights being there. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I mean, hey, you, you get the two points, which is what you want to do against Boston when they're missing Bergeron and, and Marchand. Uh, it was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a little harder than, than you wanted it to be. But, man, I mean, this is, this is hockey at its best tonight. And, uh, uh, I mean, the only, the only better shootout I can remember was the uh, Marek Malik uh, what was it like? Fifteen round shootout back about fifteen yep. years ago. Um, uh, that's the only shootout I can think of that was better than this one. I mean, uh, uh, both goalies. I think the the two goals that were given up in regulation. I think probably both goalies would like to have them back, but uh, they made up for it with uh, tremendous saves on both ends, and and obviously in the in the uh, shootout as well. Uh, that that one save that Swayman made. I mean, if he if he cut his toenails this morning, that was a goal. You know, I mean, that was just by the the edge of his skate that he kept that out. And uh, uh, both both goalies played great. Um, I thought the Rangers. You know, it took them about ten minutes to get their uh, their legs going. Other than Ryan Reeves, he didn't seem to have any rust to shake off. Uh, but, uh, you know, about halfway through the first period, they started getting into it. And I thought they, uh, you know, as both of you guys said, they got better as the game went on. Uh, you know, they had a lot of, a lot of shots blocked, a lot of shots hitting, uh, uh, other Rangers, uh, uh, and they, they just kept plugging along and, uh, you know, the Bruins are probably knowing, I mean, they're a good defensive team anyway, but without Marshawn and Bergeron, you know, they're probably knowing they got to play a little tighter defensively and everything, and they did. And uh, the Rangers just didn't let them stop. The, the Rangers did, just did not let uh, the Bruins stop them. They just kept pounding away and pounding away and came away with a great win. Yeah, uh, you make a good point on the Boston end. Uh, we know about uh, Marshawn out with the six-game suspension, and if you saw what happened in that game versus the Penguins where – Yep. Uh, he had a shot on goal in, uh, late in that game, and he ended up punching Jari and then also slinging a stick at him. And I think uh, Bergeron uh, has the uh, laceration to the head. So right. that's why I'm kind of looking at this game, no matter, like, even off of two weeks, like RP said, two weeks after the All-Star break, which is weird. Uh, and like RP said, they already had games. They had at least trying to find a way to get at least one point, especially two of the top guns out of the, you know, not playing. And this is, there was no point in the game, RP, I thought the Rangers regressed. It started off slow, and it, it, it pretty much picked up the entire game. It was very slow early on in the game, but, you know, of course, with the shot on goal attempts. And even the goal that um, Shesterkin gave up, I mean, that was a good play by 
uh, McAvoy, man. I think uh, it, I, I got to give credit where credit is due. He knocked the puck down and he slapped it and and, and caught Igor off, you know, caught Igor off uh, off guard. Uh, and it's things like that happens early on. But this is what he does as the game goes on. He is bang. I mean, this, the entire team was like this tonight, though. There was not a point where okay, it was peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. There was not a point where I saw where the Rangers was totally backtracking from where they were a minute or two previous in the game. I thought tonight, as far as forwards, the heat, the heater line was fantastic. I thought they were the best line of the four tonight, followed by the the, the fourth line. They mm-hmm. pretty much kept this game intact. Matter of fact, I'll give you, you know, Ryan Reeves, perfect example. Uh, he had the big hit in the neutral zone. And then even in the second period, he had, I mean, making plays. Uh, you know, he had a beautiful drop pass for Gucciere. And then he had the big hit on Pasternak when uh, he hit Shesterkin. And this is the enforcement we're talking about. This stuff would never have happened during the Quinn years because we didn't have this kind of muscle. So we keep teams at bay. Uh, and we have hardworking skaters on that bottom six. And then, when, when you know, tonight I thought the time was off with the Clyder line. The time was off. It is what it is. You know, rust, it happens. But, man, that goalie of ours, Shesterkin, he's probably the best in the league, RP. That's not trying to be biased. We always compare Adam Fox to Brian Leach. But why not say the same for Shesterkin to Henrik Lundqvist? I mean, I mean – where would you rank this regular season game for Shesterkin in his young career? Where would you put this RP as far as ranking on? Oh, the I, I think it's probably one of his top top three games without a doubt. Uh, he was, mm-hmm. you could tell the way he was tracking the puck and shots and rebounds. He he was more focused than I've seen him in a while, and and that's great considering you know when you have such a long layoff, it affects the goalies probably more than anybody else. So he he came ready to go. It's definitely, to me, it's his top three games that he's played for the team without a doubt. And, you know, the the, the first goal, I don't blame him as much as I blame a, a crappy no. drop pass by Goudreau. And, and Adam Fox lost the winger coming down, and that's how he got, you know, to, to flip it over his glove. So that, that was a defensive breakdown from the blue line in. And, right. and he, you know, that, that puck barely got over Chester and so – I don't even want to say he wanted to have that one back. That's just one of those goals that you really couldn't control, and mm-hmm. and they found a way to score. But after that, after that, him and the team shut the Bruins down the rest of the game. So, you know, what more can you say about that? It was a great defensive game for the team. They they played well on all ends after that. Slow first period. I don't even I don't even rule that because of the layoff. If you look at this season, the Rangers have just not been a good first period team. So to me, it was status quo. It's just, mm-hmm. unfortunately, they just don't come out of the gate hard. The difference in this season and past seasons is they're not giving up a lot of goals in the bad periods. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're keeping it within reach. And then second and third period, they're just a totally different hockey club. And you hope they can address that in the next 30 games or so before the playoffs come because, you know, they, they can't afford to keep doing that. But other than that, that's a great way to start this really, really – I guess you want to say tough second half of the season because they got a lot of games coming up in in short amount of time. So you want to get every point. And another thing, you know, keep getting points at home. They're a hard team to play at Madison Square Garden. And and that's what you want. You know, they're they're, they're a good road team, but they're playing really well at the Garden. And that's just another, another dimension that we haven't seen in the last couple of years. All right, Glenn, got thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you know, talking about uh, Shesterkin, and, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm speaking as a, an emotional Ranger fan right now. Um, all right. Okay, if that's, if that's all right. Um, <laughs> that's perfect. You know, as, as the game is tied and, and it's winding down, you know, the last three or four years, you were always waiting for the, for the other shoe to drop a bad penalty, a, a screw-up defensively, you know, giving up a breakaway, something that was going to make you lose the game. But with just Thurkin in there, I really felt we're winning this game. Somehow we're going to win this game because he's not letting another one in. And uh, obviously he did not. 
And, you know, then you had that drama at the end with the, you know, him having to go off and everything. And with Georgiev in, I went right back to that feeling of waiting for the other shoe to drop. I'm like, oh, man, something stupid is going to happen now. We're going to lose this game. Uh, so, I mean, that's the, the feeling he gives you, that you, you feel like no matter what the situation is coming down the stretch between this team being able to just get better and better as the game goes on and having him back there where you just feel like he's not going to give up another goal. Um, it, it's just a, such a, a great feeling, a different feeling that we've had for this team for the last I few agree. years. And, uh, I mean, if anybody if anybody is, is looking, um, I mean, you know, he's probably the top uh, candidate for the Vezina. I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't win the Vezina this year. But, you know, you got to start thinking about him as an MVP, uh, I mean, there's a lot of good players in this league, but if you look around, I don't know who is more important to the success of his team than he's been. Um, and I know goalies don't win MVPs very often, but, you know, if you look around, where would the Rangers be without him? Uh, you know, they've had a lot of great efforts. Uh, Fox having a great year again. Uh, Kreider with, with all the goal scoring and all, but, the one the one guy that they couldn't afford to lose right now is Shesterkin. And to me, I'm, I'm kind of old school. MVP isn't, you know, the most points or, you know, the most goals or whatever. To me, I, I, I value that middle letter, valuable, um, and, and look at who's, who's the guy that makes the most difference on, on a team. And for me right now, he's got to be considered as, as the MVP as well. Uh, I, I don't know how you can't uh, you can't look at it that way. So, you know, we'll see what happens down the stretch. Man, he's just uh, incredible. Uh, you, you just feel like he puts a brick wall up, and, and you just feel so confident. And you know, the way I felt tonight, where I was saying I was waiting for the other shoe to drop when when Georgiev came in, I wonder if the team <laughs> feels that way sometimes too. You know, where they were like looking up at the garden ceiling and saying, "Oh no," you know. Um, obviously they can't, you know, look that way. He's their teammate. But, um, you know, you, you, we've talked before about how the team plays in front of Shesterkin and how they play, uh, you know, with Georgiev. And, um, you know, I mean, to me, that's just another reason to look at him and say you, you got to consider him for MVP of the league as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you said everything, because I'm not even going to double down on that. I'm not even going to waste the listener's time, Glenn, because I'm glad you summed it up for me, because I feel exactly the same way you feel emotionally when Igor is in that. Um, and you, we talk about the great saves. Let's also talk about offensively with Igor, because remember, he had the nice, beautiful lead pass. I mean, he's a great passer, too. He had a great lead for Panarin on the break. Um so he's always got his head up. It's not just the saves, mm-hmm. and I mean, of course, you 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 uh, you, you cuff the puck uh, if if it's going. You want to dead the puck if it seems like it's mm-hmm. offensive uh, attackers in the zone. But he's always looking to push the puck up too. Was it four mm-hmm. fours or three on threes? He's 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 always got his head up. So many ways, this game has. This is like a Shostakian classic, man. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you noticed in the overtime, but there was a point. I think it was about two minutes left in the overtime, where he got the puck and he was looking to to fire it to somebody for a breakaway. But unfortunately, all three Rangers were like behind him, and there was nobody to pass to. But mm-hmm. I mean, it was funny. I'm looking at he he's looking to fire the puck up to center ice to somebody, but there's nobody there. So you're right. He's he's always looking to make a play. Uh, it, it's great to have a goalie like that because for as great as, as Hank was, you know, we didn't have that, uh, that capability with him. Uh, but uh, it, it's great to have a, a, a goalie that, you know, can make a play. Everybody talked about how, you know, Brodeur kind of started that trend of, you know, breaking guys out and, and all. And, and the Rangers have that now with him besides the goaltender that he is, he's a playmaker too. Um, and yeah, I'll be surprised if someday he doesn't score a goal because he's always looking up <laughs> to get the puck, always looking to make a play. 
Yeah, that big save on Taylor Hall on that breakaway. And that's another thing. That's another play. Keandre Miller probably doesn't get talked about. He was on Taylor Hall's heels on that breakaway, too. Yeah. So we talked about even though if he makes a penalty, he'll draw a penalty, uh, game-winning uh, shootout goal. But that also that play, he kept uh, Taylor Hall at bay on his heels while Shesterkin had the big-time save. I mean, mm-hmm. him, Keandre Miller, Shesterkin, and Hedo. To a degree, Ryan Reeves really showed a lot tonight. Uh, RP, I want to go back to you. Let's talk about Hito, man, because we tried to show him some love. We see him back into the lineup. And listen, man, that third line was fantastic tonight. I don't care what anybody say, man. And then even when the Rangers couldn't get things going offensively with only like two shots on goal, they were the line that had the most energy early on in the game. They were the ones – over, you know, through the first half of the first period, they got the shots on goal. Even when they were called for offsides, Hedo was breaking through the zone. I mean, he they were aggressive. And, and then you saw Hedo get the goal with the low shot, got the rebound, and punched it right back. And I thought Hedo had a fantastic game, RP, and, and his line. Everybody on that line, fantastic game. What's your thoughts, RP, with, uh, on Hedo? Yeah, it was great. It was it was great to see him score the goal. It was a nice shot, and he picked up his own rebound. He definitely needed that confidence boost. He's been playing well. He just hasn't been able to get the puck in the net. So uh, it was great to see him score there. And overall, I thought he played a solid game. He has a lot of confidence. That line played well together, as you were saying earlier. Um, I mean, it, it was a great way to come back. You know, just it's always hard when you come back from this layoff. And then you see a third and fourth lines tonight really standing up and, and mm-hmm. carrying the load for a little while where the first two lines try to find their, their legs was, was excellent. Uh, also, I, I thought uh, Matthew Schneider and Zach Jones on the blue line, mm-hmm. the two rookies, played really well. He mm-hmm. had them out on the four on four at, at the end of the game, which was great to see. You can see they both had that offensive snarl about them. Uh, I, I, a lot of good things tonight. Yeah. Um, Glenn, anything else you'd like to add as far as Philip Hedo and what are your thoughts on his his performance or anybody he played with tonight on his line? Uh, and I think RP, that's the I think that's another big point that you take this win, you get the two points, forcing an, an overtime to get at least one point. When you didn't really get your Mika Zibanejad, your Chris Kreider's, your you know, or Timmy Panarin's offensively in regulation, I think this is a very good sign. Along alongside strong goaltending, where your bottom six really was your your foundation. I I, mm-hmm. I think that's. I, sometimes it may sound weird. I would rather have a scenario like that where my bottom six is this strong and I can be confident what I'm getting out of them, knowing that my top six is going to eventually come around versus the other versus the inverse, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like the other years with Quinn. Like, you know, so you know what you're going to get out of Zabinajad and Panarin. And then there was Spotty with Kreider. He'll have his high streak and he'll go cold. But then you had no idea what the hell you were getting out of the bottom six. So I kind of like – I mean, looking at the silver lining in all of this, I mean, I, it's only you know it's only going to get better as long as the guys stay healthy. Go ahead, Glenn. What, anything else uh, you'd like to say? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, successful teams can't just depend on their top six every night. Uh, you got to have those contributions from the third and fourth line, and, and the league has evolved where, you know, teams are having to put more talent on those lines. It's not the old days where you were just throwing extra guys. Uh, you know, the extra guys in the lineup on, on the third and fourth line. Uh, I mean, I, I thought the, the third and fourth line were the spotlight tonight, and it's not the first time that's happened this year. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, Ryan Reeves, he didn't have any rust to shake off tonight. He was he was flying around hitting people in the first period. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think what that does is that, you know, uh, allows the, the team to kind of get their legs under them and get going, you know. Uh, whereas, you know, as RP said before, uh, you know, they're not, you know, they're a slow starting team, but they're not giving up two, three goals in the first period every night. They're finding a way to, you know, uh, be tied or, or up or down one goal maybe. Uh, and I think that's a lot of credit to the uh, to the third and the fourth line. Um, I thought the Heat line was, was fantastic tonight. Um, you know, I mean, they, they need him. They really need Philip Heedle to uh, – to, to get his game together. And, uh, you know, especially now with, with Kako out for at least another month, they're saying, um, you know, they, they need that, those bottom six guys to, to step up and, and they do that. And uh, uh, as well, 
I was going to mention RP beat me to it. I thought Schneider and, and Zach Jones uh, played really well tonight. Uh, I've liked Schneider since the first game that he got here. Um, I'm really starting to, to like Zach Jones. I wish he was a little bigger, but, um, you know, I, I'm starting to like his game too. And, uh, you know, I think they, the, the, you know, as we've been saying for a while, the future is bright with this team. And, and, and you're seeing the progression of these players as the season goes on, which it just makes you more and more excited and, uh, you know, just just want you to see more of them. Uh, one other thing I will throw out there is uh, I think David Pasternak is going to have trouble sleeping tonight because of Shesterkin nightmares. <laughs> Pasternak could have had a hat trick tonight. Uh, plus, you know, he had the the, uh, the the muff on the shootout. Uh, but uh, I think he's going to have a tough time sleeping tonight with number 31 dancing in his head. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, RP, uh, this was an even – this was a clean game to the third period. I mean, it was no penalties. The game was going by very fast, and it really slowed up as much as the uh, shots on goal, and it, things were getting tight. Um, I mean, I mean, I think that's also a good sign. I mean, you, like you said, Boston was already played several games. So usually when you have a rush, you probably escape behind taking lazy penalties. You didn't see out of that out of the Rangers tonight, man. You didn't, you, they were just they – were, they were kind of – not offensively attacking like we normally would have seen them, but like you said, they kind of always start off slow for the most part. But man, like I, I, I'm like Glenn, like I'm watching this, like I'm actually comfortable sitting down. I'm not on the edge of my seat, worried about what could happen because I know I'm confident in that goalie we have in, in Igor Shosturkin. I am very, very confident, despite how things look really brim through breakaways and rebound attempts by the Bruins tonight. Um, I, I, I am. I, I don't know what I'm going to say is the best win of the season, but I, there was something about this win in so many ways, and, and maybe because of the shootout as well, RP. Uh, the, it was even a lot of. It's not even a, like it was a, a high scoring game. It was just one of those games that I can't say I can't knock any of it except for you know a top six didn't really score score. But that, sometimes that happens. But for everybody pretty much to play well coming off this long break, I would take this two point win easily. I would have been cool with it even with one point RP. I would have been cool with a one point overtime loss honestly. But we got the two points. We fought in that overtime man or that shootout too. Yeah, let me say I'm have to cut this short because it's getting late and oh, he's got to get to bed for work tomorrow. But <laughs> I think what you saw, what we saw tonight, is something the team has lacked in the last couple of seasons. Is they have four lines that at any moment can step up, and not just offensively, defensively with the fourth line, mm-hmm. the third line carrying the load when the first two lines were going, and then as the third period came on. Panarin was getting the shots, and Strom and Kreider and Zibby were coming around, and, and you could so, see them sort of spawning their game as the game continued. I, I think the desire to really want to win towards the end had everything to do with them pulling Chesterkin and feeling like, oh, you know, we're getting screwed here on, on, on a technicality and a concussion protocol and all of that. So it, it added to the flair in the shootout. I'm not a big fan of the shootout at all, as everyone knows. But in, in that moment, man, you really wanted to find a way to get to, to get that other point. Because you know what they would say, it's great to get the point going into overtime. The second point you always want. And the Rangers are a good shootout team. They've only won one game in the five-minute overtime. So, of course, you're going to rely on just Thurkin at that moment. But just overall, just to see how they're playing now, especially after the two weeks off, you know, coming right back and playing Ranger hockey, it, you have to be excited for what the rest of the season's going to hold. You have to be looking towards the playoffs, though you want to still take it one game at a time. But they're doing everything right. They still need some improvement and some tweaks, and I'm sure a trade's going to be coming down the pipeline soon. But, man, it, it, was a, it was a good hockey game all the way through. It was a tight game. It had a playoff feel to it. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, just a, it's just a big, big win. Well, let me just say, Steve, thanks for everything, oh. guys. Follow okay. Ranger Proud on Facebook and Twitter. And my writings at Empire for Comedia and for Revolution. And I'll oh, catch oh, you guys again next Tuesday. Oh, oh, Orby, I, I hate to – got to ask you a question before you get off because I don't know if you're going to write about it. 
Okay. Well, Philip Heedle had right after the All Star break, you know, nice start. Now, what do we? What do you, now? If he get, I don't know, somewhat keep this up. Now, do you want to stick with Heedle or get his value up and get something for him and move Bar- Barkley Goudreau back to center? How would you like to play that center situation we have? I I think it's going to come down to who they're trading for. I, I, I truly do. I, I've seen, and I wrote about today, a lot of rumors about J.T. Miller. And yep. I think if the Rangers wanted to go after a player in his category, it, it's going to be the old prospect, traffic, and player. I, I don't think the Rangers could be able to make that move and just give them this year's first-round pick and say, you know, a, a Niels Lindquist. I, I think they're gonna, someone is going to want a Rouse the player to come over if a team you're trading with is giving up a Rouse the player. And then you go into the conversation of who. And Hedl's name comes up. I've heard Kako's name come up. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I don't think Hedl should be playing for value. I just think he needs to play the kind of hockey he can play. And whatever happens, happens down the road. I, I don't think the Rangers are saying, oh, if Hedl plays really well now, he's easier to trade. I, I don't think trading him is a hard thing to do. He's a good, solid hockey player. He has a lot of upswing to his game. So I just think just get the best that you can get out of him. Uh, keep putting him in those positions to be productive and to be successful. And if he gets traded, it's not because he's playing great these last 10, 12 games before or 15 games before the trade deadline. It, it's something that's a process that we don't know about. Razor Proud, Forever Blue Shirts, Empire Sports Media, uh, RP. Enjoy your evening, bro, and we'll catch up with you next week. Uh, yeah, I know it was getting, that, that game was late, but it was worth staying up. I don't want we don't want to say something crazy oh, to get you pissed, and you can't go to sleep. So mm-hmm. yeah, get your sleep, man. <laughs> no, no, not tonight. I'm going to sleep. You guys have a good one. <laughs> RP. I I can't go right to sleep after a game like this. It gets me all jazzed up. I. I, I mean, when I was going to games, it was even worse. Be at a game like this and then drive home and everything, I'd be up till 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And that's a good point, Glenn. Now, that's, this is a win-win situation business-wise or a start to a um, proposition, uh, value, bodies, to get what you want. Now, you mentioned JT Miller, a former Ranger. Uh, I, yeah, honestly, I, I'm more so where – Carl said the last time, I think we were on or two episodes before that, where if we could show it with a veteran defenseman, I'd probably be more keen on that. But well, how do you feel as far as um, – I'm cool with Rooney as a fourth-line center. He's cool. The, the really, if there is a hole, maybe third-line center. What are your thoughts? Like, I mean, Hedo has had a good night, and, that, and that's cool, but I don't know if that's the long-term answer per se or even this season. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, like RP said, and I read his uh, article today too. Uh, it depends on not only who you're who you're trading for, of who you're going to get, but there's also the Ryan Strom situation. Now, I think J I think JT Mill is a free agent at the end of the year. Is that do you know, Steve? Uh, um, I got to check his contract. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, well, I think that might be why Vancouver is is wanting to move him. Um, so. I don't want to give up a lot for, you know, Lundqvist and a pick and Heedle for, for a stretch run. I don't know if I want to do that. Um, but the Rangers also have to figure out what they're going to do with Strom, if they think they're going to be able to sign him or not. I mean, are they going to trade him at the deadline? And then JT Miller becomes the second line center. Uh, RP mentioned that today, and it's a very good point. Uh, so there's a lot of things that, you know, Drury is going to have to think about how, how are things going to fit? Because again, it, you know, with the cap situation that the Rangers are going to have next year, if they want to sign Strom, they're not going to be able to sign JT Miller too. So you're going to wind up getting them for a stretch run and then losing them. And then you're out Heedle and Lundquist and a first round pick. That's tough to swallow. So, you know, there's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts, to this uh, going into the deadline. And, again, I would also like to see them get a, a, a veteran uh, defenseman as well. I was actually looking at uh, Vancouver's roster today to see if uh, a J.T. Miller deal becomes, like, a bigger deal. Um, and I'm not really sure from the veteran defenseman side there's much to pick from. I mean, they got Tyler Myers. they got Luke Shen. Uh, I don't think they would give up Hamannick. So 
you know, it's uh, I'm not sure what he's going to do. I, I really am not sure what he's going to do. And, uh, you know, like RP said, it depends on what other teams are offering as well. If Vancouver can get a better package for JT Miller than, than the Rangers want to offer, then, then you got to decide, you know, do you want him that bad? Um, I mean, JT is having, in the words of Micheletti, a fabulous year. He really is. Um, but, I mean, I'll be honest. I wasn't so broken up when they traded him. Um, I mean, I thought he was a solid player. He's a good player. He was prone to mistakes. He was prone to bad penalties. I wasn't that, you know, upset when, when they moved him. Uh, so to get him back, maybe he's a bit more mature. Maybe he's a little more solid player than he was back then. I, I think he is from, from the Vancouver games I've seen. But I don't know if he's a game changer. I just don't know if he's a game changer, depending on what you would have to give up. So, you know, if if they make that move for him, fine, I'd be okay with it. But if they go in another direction, I'd be fine with that too. I still think they're going to make a move by the deadline, uh, both for probably a top six winger and for uh, a veteran de- defenseman. We're just going to have to see how things shake out, what teams kind of – decide they're not making the playoffs this year and, and want to move people. You don't know who might become available based on that. So, uh, I mean, I think right now it's really kind of hard to speculate. It's just a lot of a lot of rumors. JT happens to be the, the name of the week. Uh, but uh, I think it could change. So uh, I think they got to do something, but I just don't know what they're going to do right now. Yeah, um, he has one more year left on his contract. Oh, up. he does. Okay. Yeah, so he won't be a he he won't be an unrestricted free agent until twenty three twenty four. So how are they going to keep him and keep Strom? Well, somebody's got to go. Uh, right, I mean, that's just and how it'll probably, yeah. probably be Strom. <laughs> yeah, right. If they so, were to do right. that, but even even if they were to go that route, I'm with you going like I like J T. Miller, but I think if you, I rather go cheer up our defensemen. And if you could yeah. get J.T. Miller on top of that, then cool. But I'm not saying no. J.T. Miller's the end all be all for the situation. I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not on that boat. But uh, yeah. See, I, I mean, know, I, I think I think getting a veteran top six forward is you know a good idea. But not, you know, in in the long term, we got to remember here. We got we got two left wings that are signed long term that aren't going anywhere in Kreider and Panarin. Uh, mm-hmm. So you, are you going to play Lafreniere on the third line for the next five years, the first round pick no. in the draft? Or Probably no, not. you're going to have to, he's going to have to move to right wing and play on the first or the second line. So then you got Kako too. You got your top six. I mean, unless you're going to, you know, remove Strom and put somebody else in there, th- this clamoring that, oh, the Rangers need to get a, a top six forward. I don't know about that. I, I don't know if you, you want to necessarily do it this year, especially with the cap situation that they're going to have next year. So myself, I'm not feeling an urgency for it. Um, I'd rather see them get a veteran defenseman. But, you know, if they got to make a move, I don't want to give up too much. I mean, RP had mentioned, you know, Kako. I'm not giving up Kako for JT Miller. I'm not doing it. I'm not giving up on him yet. Uh so, you know, really it depends on who they got to give up, but I just I don't see it as an urgency that you want to move a piece that you really don't want to move that's 20 years old. And, you know, you're bringing it in for J.T. Miller, who I don't, again, I don't feel is a game changer. And, you know, you got one year left with them. So they got to, you know, put all the names on a, on a whiteboard and, you know, figure out what they want to do. But, I'm not giving up Kako for J.T. Miller. No way. <laughs> so we'll have to see what they do. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Steve? No, I'm not I'm not exactly sold on that. So uh, for the same reasons uh, I said before, as far as the defenseman and as far as our prospect, Kako didn't at least give him a chance at his right-wing position. Unless mm-hmm. you're saying that the Rangers can't sign all these people and somebody's left out the door when it comes to Kako, then that's one thing. But now, I, I, you know, the age is on the Rangers' side for a, for a change. Uh, they mm-hmm. have the, the nice mix of a lot of grip, good youth for a pre, being, you know, being very productive. Um, you know, JT Miller's approaching 30. You know, Kako's, you know, yeah. 
low to mid twenties. I'm not, no, I'm not exactly sold on that. I I would do it if it was for another player, and it would also mean they would have to look at it as okay. We have a very sure shot of winning the cup since '94. That's that's the approach. I'm not exactly sure they think that. I don't think that. I think this is we're we're enjoying success. We're still growing together. We have. The formula kind of almost like 94, not now outside of uh, Messi. Messi was just the top dog when Brian Leach was the top dog and Adam Graves. Oh. Where this team's kind of similar to that when it has, um, uh, you know, the goalie situation where, you know, Richter, Shesterkin. You, know, you look at Leach, Fox. You look at uh, kind of a couple of guys that make up Messier's makeup. Like Kreider kind of this year has kind of got Messier's makeup as far as production on the top line. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Artemi Panarin is the, the, the ultimate X factor in threat. And as long as he's there, we're always going to have a chance. So mm-hmm. they would have to really look at the rest of the teams that were that are in our way. I think, we should, like I said, I always say this before, when we're at full strength, we can play with anybody, of course, mm-hmm. and – I'm just, you know, that's another thing, Glenn, and that we're riding a nice success with this team in the division. I hope something doesn't come up. It just seems like the last several years, even under Quinn, that something bad happened, an injury here, a scandal there. Yep. I, I am still kind of waiting. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I got my head looking over my shoulder on that kind of BS, man, because we kind of run into that bad luck, you know. I, I mm-hmm. hope that doesn't be the case because we've got a good thing going uh, let, let, let me say this one thing, because you mentioned them. Lafreniere kind of had a quiet night. He had a couple of hits. Nah, you know, the, you know, playing with Zabinja and he's at that right wing. He's usually, I don't know if you say he would be comfortable at right wing, but you've given him a lot of minutes. He didn't play as much in the third period as I thought he would with the top line. But um, this is, you know, how how would you like to see him? Uh, how did you see him tonight coming off the All Star break? Yeah, I mean, I thought he had a couple of moments, but for the most part, you know, uh, he really didn't uh, distinguish himself. I mean, I think he's playing more of a, a, a 200-foot game than uh, he he has before and, and what you would expect from him coming out of juniors. Uh, I think he's become a more of an all-around player. Um, so, you know, but thinking long-term um, – I mean, I don't see what choice you've got. I, you you got to put him at right wing on that first line or the second line mm-hmm. and leave him yeah. there and just get him and just make him learn it because uh, I don't see where else he can play. You're not going to take the first pick in the draft and play him on the third line for the next five years. So to me, it's right. like, you know, don't throw him out there for a couple of games. That ah, doesn't seem like it's working well and then put him back on the third. You got to just leave him out there. He's got to learn it. He's got to get the reps. Because that's his spot for the, I'd say the short term and the long term future right now. So, I mean, I don't think they have a choice. What are you going to do with him? You know, yeah, you I mean, get him and, minutes. He's a top choice. Yeah, you got to get him minutes. And the other thing they got to do, Steve, I think that you kind of touched on is they got to decide: are, are they going for the cup this year, or or are they just going to try and you know see how far they get? Are they really going to go for the cup this year? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll go back to 94. Uh, you know, did I want to trade Tony Amante? No. But they got Mateau and Noonan, who became very important parts of that team. Did I want to trade Doug Waite for Tikkanen? No. But but that was a different situation. That was a team that, you know, they got met, uh, and, you know, the, the, the singular goal was winning the cup. So whatever you had to do to get there, they were going to do. And – you know, what happened? They screwed themselves after that. They won their cup, and then they had a good year the year after, and then, you know, we didn't make the playoffs for seven years. So, you don't want – I mean, there's more depth now. There's more kids coming. I mean, I saw I saw Osman scored another goal tonight. He's got 31 goals. Um, you know, you got Coley. You, you still got some kids in the pipeline that are going to be coming up. Uh, but, you know, this isn't 94, where it's like we got to win the cup this year. Uh, would it be nice? Yeah, but I, I'm I'm reluctant to give up too much of the future to do that uh, because I've seen it backfire before. Uh, so to me, like I said, I, you know the depth's not there. I mean, if Kako doesn't come back for the rest of the year, yeah, I mean, the, you know, they got a hole that they got to fill. Uh, you can move Gaudreau up, but then that, you know, kind of wreaks a little havoc with the bottom six. 
So the the depth isn't there. And if there's an injury or, you know, something that has a, a guy out for a long time, God forbid, Kreider or Zvanagat or something, they're in trouble. But, you know, that's kind of the same thing for any team. Uh, you know, the Bruins weren't the Bruins tonight with Bergeron and Marchand out. And, you know, you you can't have – you can't have – all this depth at every position in case somebody gets hurt. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I think they got to make a decision really, and maybe they've decided already if they're going to go for it this year or if this year is just going to be, you know, a stepping stone year, hopefully win a playoff round or two, get the kids some experience in the playoffs, and, you know, kind of go from there. Personally, that's where I think we are. If, if, if the chips fall right, could they get to the finals maybe? Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, when I look at the rest of the East, I think they could play with anybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's you know, exactly what I was going to ask. But, but, when, but, when you, but when, if they get to the finals, are they beating Colorado? Are they beating Vegas? I don't know about that. Yes. <laughs> you know? That so, is, that's a very good point. Or that's a very good yeah. uh, Open question. I mean, you know, they've shown they can play with Tampa. They can play with Pittsburgh. They can play with Washington. Carolina, you know, I'm hoping that they learn from that Carolina game how they have to play against Carolina. Um, You know, but anybody, I mean, Toronto doesn't scare me. The Bruins don't scare me. Um, You know, I could see them getting out of the East. I really could. But I I don't see them beating, you know, those couple of teams in the West. So if they win the Cup, to me, it's going to be a shock. So do you then, you know, give up too much of the future to try to make a run for it this year? I don't think so. To, to me, I wouldn't. So, you know, that's kind of where I stand with it. I would say, personally, um, if you look at the East, got to see more how we match up versus Pittsburgh. Um, they've been on a roll, man. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see when we get to them. But everybody else mm-hmm. this season is just – we can play and beat everybody in the East, I believe. And that includes that Carolina game, because you already know how I feel about that Carolina game. I think yep. we should have started Shesterkin and Nagurki off. Mm-hmm. And I think the energy and the tempo would have been different. I know a lot of Rangers fans say it wouldn't have mattered. They were flat. But come on, man. You see, you see, This is exactly what I was saying as far as you got – you can't leave two points on the table any part of the season. I'm not saying this to you, no. I'm saying this just in general. Right? Like, what you saw tonight in that Boston game and how big he was not only in regulation and overtime and then in the shootout, there is no way that backup goalie of ours would have done that. No way. And then on top mm-hmm. of that, put that what he did tonight and then what possibly he could have done to keep us alive or in the game, even if we went down to Carolina Mm -hmm. that Friday night. Like, that's that's the whole point I'm saying. The the Rangers are just a different team, man, when he's in that. It's just, I mean, it's no, I'm not saying nothing that nobody knows, but you add, you put, you you put that into perspective versus Carolina, it would be a one hell of a series. I'll tell you that. Oh, that that would be one hell of a series. I think and, I we mean, have a very good shot to get out of the East. Currently constructed, even if we made a move, maybe if they're looking short term, like let's say two to three years, yeah, I think they may look at moving some guys contractually, but you keep this core intact and make sure everybody stays healthy and nothing else, you know, world. No, and that's another thing too, Glenn. We need to think about what if there is another pandemic, you know, like who knows if this one gets shut down, like maybe they look like, yeah. oh, maybe yeah. we should go all in. <laughs> you know, yeah. you never know. These yeah. things pop up all of a sudden now. So no, you're but right. You're right. And, and, I, go ahead. and I mean, a team, a, a, a team with a goalie like Shesterkin can win the cup. I mean, you know, you, you He's great enough as it is. He gets hot. I've seen goalie. You know, I've seen teams win cups where the goalie just got hot. I mean, St. Louis won their cup with Bennington, who came up in like January. They were in last place in in January. They they bring up Bennington. They sit Jake Allen, and what do you know? They win the cup because Bennington got hot. So, you know, sometimes that can happen no matter who you play. Uh, I've I've seen teams win cups with much lesser goalies than uh, Shesterkin is playing right now. So that's always a possibility. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I think this team is, other than maybe having some experience, 
from some of the kids. I think this team is very well constructed. I mean, you got superstars on the first and second line. You got a, 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 a really good, talented, uh, gritty with Bar- uh, Barkley Gaudreau on the third line. You got a fourth line that's as good as any in the league. You got a, a goalie who, you know, earlier on I said isn't just a Vezina candidate but an MVP candidate. Um, so I think this team is very well constructed. The two things they don't have a lot of is depth, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of inexperience uh, with Kaka, with Lafreniere, with some of the with Heedle, with uh, you know, if you you're looking at Schneider and Zach Jones on defense and Keandre. Um, so that's something that could come back to bite them in the end uh, when, when you know, we know how playoff games get. We know how games get even just down the stretch. You know, there's a lot less time, a lot less room, uh, a lot more quick decisions that have to be made and a lot more opportunity for mistakes from, from kids that are inexperienced. So that is something that could bring them down. But as far as the, the construction of this team, I think this team is very well constructed. So, you know, it's just a matter of if it's not this year, it's going to be next year or the year after that. But, you know, this, but, this team is, is from a from a, a roster standpoint, to me, as, as good as anybody, certainly in the East. Um, and uh, I think they can go far the way they are without disrupting anything too much. Uh, so, you know, we'll see what, what Drury what, decides to do. What's the ceiling, though? See that because I want to come back to that. What's the ceiling? What's the ceiling? Eastern Conference Finals, Stanley Cup Finals. Where do you see the ceiling? Hey, I'd be happy to see them get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, if they get to the Stanley Cup Finals, I'd be euphoric. I would think this is way before I was expecting it to happen. Um, if they win the Cup, though, oh, that yeah. will be that will be That's beyond anything that I thought could happen. So. You know, to me, I'd like to see them. I'd like to see them get to the conference finals, and I think they can. Um, after that, it's uh, you know, roll the dice and see what happens. But here's the thing, Glenn. I think, oh man, how do I say this? The West don't. I don't fear the West, but it's those two teams in particular. Vegas could get hot anytime. They've kind of been inconsistent. Like when we ran into Vegas. They were okay. Like they had, um, I think they had mm-hmm. the Eichel trade, and Eichel had not gotten to the team at that point. But well, he's playing tomorrow. I don't. Right I, now, I, right? Huh? You know he's in the lineup tomorrow night. But I don't. Even though they kind of okay, they beat us that one time we were in Vegas. The Gorkiev was in there, and then kind of got out of hand in the second period and later. And then, then when they came to the Garden, that was a close game. I'm not. I think we can beat them. Okay, now, well, here's well, the thing. There's another, another thing. Hold on. I'll let you speak. On Colorado, yeah, that, that's the one. That's the one where I say it, it could, that could be the tough one. But you know how this, work in, you know how this works in uh, the NHL? They could get – I mean, not to say they can't because, I mean, it looks bad now in the West. But you never know. A team that could get hot in the West, so they might get clipped off. I mean, that's wishful think. But at the same time, it ain't because you see the top teams get beat. I mean, we may not, they may not be there. I'm not, I don't know the percentage of chance that is there as of right now because it looks good for them versus their competition. Their division is weak. Um, mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts, man? Um, you, you were about to say something. I, I, yeah. yeah. No, I was, I was going to say about Vegas. Mark Stone is out with a, a back problem that they're worried might require surgery. So he might be out for the year. He's a big piece. Of, he's their captain, and he's a big part of that team. I know they're getting Eichel. But Stone is a big part of that team. So I think that makes Vegas a little bit weaker. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and if you want to look at Colorado, I mean, Colorado is, you know, they're a powerhouse right now. But would you rather have Darcy Kemper or would you rather have Shesterkin? So that could make a difference too. Uh, I mean, anything can happen. Right now, I think Colorado, at least right now, is the best team in the league. Um, but you know, I'm not convinced with their goaltending. Uh, I'm not. Um, so, you know, every team's got weaknesses. Every team's got a hole here or there. Nobody's, no team is perfect this year where you think they're just going to steamroll everybody. Uh, but, um, so yeah, I mean, if they get to the finals, you're right. I mean, pop teams get knocked off all the time. They might not even be there. I mean, Rangers might be playing, uh, 
Nashville for the for the cup. Who knows? Uh, I mean, look, even the year that uh, that the Rangers did win the cup. I mean, Detroit was the odds-on favorite to come out of the other division, and uh, I was scared. I remember being scared of them. You know, with mm-hmm. Fedorov, Lidstrom, and Eiserman, and all Eiserman. those guys that they had on the team. I was like, man, we're going to run into a buzzsaw with Detroit when we get there. And what do you know? We get there, and it's uh, Vancouver. And and then Vancouver takes us to seven games. So, I mean, that's what makes hockey great. You know, you don't you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm very optimistic about this team, short-term, long-term. Uh, and, and it's, you know, probably those couple of teams out west that worry me more than anyone in the east, other than Tampa. They won two cups in a row. They know how to play in the playoffs. Um, you know, Colorado or Carolina, I'm sorry again, is, uh, you know, they have, they they don't have a lot of playoff experience either. They're a little bit ahead of the Rangers, but, uh, you know, it's not like they've got all this experience too. Um, and, you know, if you look down their whole lineup, uh, I mean, their top line is one of the best top lines in the league, but, you know, as you start working down, I think the Rangers are a stronger team. So, uh, again, I think uh, I think the Rangers were kind of ambushed in that game against Colorado. Like they, they mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they didn't expect, you know, uh, the relentlessness that uh, Carolina comes with. And, um, you know, like you said, too, if I remember after that game, uh, you know, Rangers got down big. I think it was 5 nothing, right? And then uh, they came back and made it 5-3. And, uh, you know, then Georgiev gives up that goal to make it 6-3, and there goes the momentum. So Georgiev is not going to be playing in the playoffs. It's just Thurkin is. And so that's going to make a big difference. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they could play with anybody in the East. I really do. And, I, I uh, wonder – I was going to say, I'm curious, and then we'll get final thoughts. I mean, I am curious, curious of that um, – Everything what we said as far as how we look at the East and how we outlook at the West. I know there's guys in the you know the, the front office evaluating all that. That mm-hmm. that's 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 a given, of course. But I think because of the world we live in now, because we probably would never have thought this before 2020. Because what if they're thinking this too? They, they gotta be. What if the, you know the league locks out because of another virus? Like they're mm-hmm. are they thinking along the lines? Oh man, I mean maybe not, maybe maybe somewhat. Okay, we might if we're going to do it since '94, we may want to put it together now just in case. Because what if the, what if we come back a year from now and we're not playing hockey because another something breaks out? And that's not even yeah. perfect to say. That sounds crazy, but what it could happen? Like we've seen enough of this BS. For the last eh, year and a half, two years now, two years going now, almost two years now, uh-huh. because you saw the sport shut down immediately. You saw fans, you know, and, and, and that's another thing because we're doing dealing with a sport. It's in two countries, Canada and United mm-hmm. States. Right. It, mm-hmm. Totally different ways of how they operate versus how we operate. With if we have a situation, I mean, anything could happen. Is my whole point. Mm-hmm. And if the Rangers. Brass may be looking at it like that too. Like they might say, "Man, we we're on the we're on the cusp." Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe they'll you know between trade deadline and when we got to play the Penguins and other teams, especially the Penguins. Cause I got to see more of them. Uh, then we, they'll look at it. Okay, we may want to take our shot now. Like we, you know, jury might say, "Hey, we may want to take our shot now." I, I don't know what he's thinking, but I'm looking at it like, "Yo, they got to consider everything, including environmental." things out of the league's control. Sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I hate to say it like that, but, you know, we all know it because we lived through it, and we're like, damn, that, that is a point, man, because what if they don't make a move and they say they don't win the cup, and we're all like, oh, well, there's always next year. Then when next year is a lockout or a shortened season, mm-hmm. under 55-game season, then what? Yeah, yeah it's not yeah. – it, what are your thoughts? And give me some final thoughts, Glenn. I, I am so pumped for this uh, – Win today. I mean, I would have, I would have yeah, been cool with OT loss coming off the All Star break after two weeks, but the way we saw that, I might watch this game tomorrow, man, on Encore, man. What are your thoughts, <laughs> your final thoughts, man? I mean, that was a great game. Uh, yeah, I know. It's one of those games where you're so caught up in the action that you almost want to watch it again to to see stuff that Especially you missed. Because we won. You know, because, uh, if we would have lost, yeah. I would have watched it. Yeah. If we would have lost, yeah, I would have yeah, watched no, it. Again. We course, won. We won. Of course. <laughs> 
Of course not. Of course not. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, you look at some of the other teams in the East, and, and I think they're actually in maybe more of a, a go-for-it uh, mode in in that situation with, with any uh, COVID or anything than, than the Rangers are. Um, I mean, Pittsburgh, Sid Malkin just came back. He's hurt all the time. He's getting older. Sid's older. Uh, and Latang, those are their big three. Uh, you know, I mean, Gensel's a great player, but time's running out for the, for that Pittsburgh team. Um, time's probably right. running out a little bit for for Tampa. Um, you know, Hedman's getting older. Stamkos is getting older. Um, and, uh, you know, Boston, too. I mean, Bergeron, Marchand. Uh, you know, th- these are teams that are in more of a go-for-it-now mode than the Rangers need to be. Um, sure, I mean, if there's a lockout and then there's a short season next year, you know, Rangers got, you know, Panera and Kreider that are older and Zbanejad being 30. But, again, these guys are locked up for a long time, so they're going to be around. Um, but, I mean, sure, it's always a possibility that you have to think about, but I don't know if that can kind of taint your judgment on how you go about it. Um, I, I mean, I think you have to look at – Long term, you have to look at that everything is going to go along as, uh, you know, we expect it to. Uh, There's always, you know, that possibility, but it's going to affect everybody and it's going to affect other teams more than it's going to affect the Rangers. So I don't know if I would be too, you know, alarmed and and feel like, oh, man, I got to do something now. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't think I would. I I, I would just kind of play it along as you know everything's going to go as planned and we'll just kind of you know do the best we can hey go ahead man it was a fun episode of you and rp uh we're going to put this of course hey, on apple I, Podcasts. yes, yes i want to throw in one last random comment i want to make because it'll since we just played the bruins because we got lost in for future weeks taylor hall reminds me of r.a dickey winning the saw young award i mean <laughs> One MVP year, nothing before, nothing after. Man, what happened to him? I mean, he I don't know, was he a first pick? I know he was like top three or four pick. I, he might have been the first pick in the draft. Um, I mean, but he's everywhere he goes. He just, I mean, Buffalo and Edmonton, and he was Arizona for a little while. I mean, he's done nothing except that one MVP year uh, with the Devils. And, you know, the difference with R.A. Dickey is that nobody expected anything. I mean, uh, Taylor Hall was a, a top pick, and uh, that's just a random thought. I don't even need a response about it, but I was just thinking about it tonight like in the game. I mean, I'm glad he ain't do nothing. Yeah, I'm glad he ain't Yeah, I can see the comparison as far as MVP and, you know, that year with the Devils, and then ever since then, like, what happened, bro? You know, with the Sabres yeah. and Coyotes and, and Boston – but, hey, man, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, I'm glad he well, didn't do nothing. Gl- he, had he done I'm, so, we probably would lose tonight. So. Yeah, I'm glad he didn't have anything tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be back uh, next week, uh, 9 o'clock, no game in between. We'll talk about uh, games since uh, tonight and catch up on a weekly hockey talk with Glenn, uh, uh, RP, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud. Nice win, man. This is good, man. Um, uh, who we got next? Oh, we got Detroit next. We didn't play them yet. We got year. Detroit. We got Ottawa on Sunday, I believe, at 5. And I think that may be it until next Tuesday. Oh, we got to get four points out of this, man. Because I saw Detroit play Minnesota the other day, man. They had no shot. Well, actually, no, I take that back. They were um, they had the lead on the Wild in Minnesota or St. Paul, whatever you want to call it. And then Minneapolis or the Wild just keep on kept on getting these riffs. Uh, deflection goals, power play goals, and just jumped on out on Detroit. Uh, we'll get to see Mark Stahl again, huh? He actually uh, yeah, well, had a bad game against the Wild uh, the other night. I was just watching that uh, last night, was it? Yeah, it was last night. So we'll talk about Detroit, it. When, uh, Detroit is on the rise. They got some young talent. They've had some good wins against some good teams, and then they've had other other games where they've been dreadful, which is pretty much what you expect from a young team. But uh, Detroit is a team on the rise. They're coming back. 
Um, I hope they don't come back. RP. Oh, not RP. Uh, not to, yeah, not on Thursday. Because you said it. You said it best. Because I remember those teams from the nineties vividly. They were they were powerhouse teams, and they were playing in that yeah. that barn, uh, Joe Louis Arena, all those years. It was yep. just intimidation. Like mm-hmm. I don't miss that at yep. all. And I don't care. I don't care if it's another 34 year, 40 years if they don't come back, man. Because yeah. they were a problem for a long oh, time. They, they, they had a long run. Um, I mean, they won, they won the three cups. They made the playoffs 25 years in a row or whatever it was. Right. They won the three mm-hmm. cups, and they were contending, you know, every other year. That was a little bit later in the, the later 90s. But, uh, I mean, they were good in 94, and, and I'm telling you, throughout the whole playoffs in 94, I was afraid of them. Yeah, of course. Like, they, could beat us. they could beat us, <laughs> you know. Yeah, they were that they were that good, and that's another thing. I thought about that too. Maybe I think yesterday I was watching the game versus the Wild because I'm like, think about of a young hockey fan under maybe shoot maybe under thirty, but twenty five and under. You're thinking Detroit is just a subpar hockey club, and like you don't do you know who these guys were? Like like this team was never like was this you know on his on his rise team. This team was you know you know for the fans who's been watching this thing since the nineties and 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 then older you. You know Detroit. Like sometimes it's almost yeah. like uh, flashbacks. Like man, I don't miss them. <laughs> yeah, that, that particular well, squad. Still, oh man. Well, you know, Steve. You know, Steve. I grew up like that. I mean, I remember hockey starting around sixty nine, nineteen seventy, and they were terrible. They were the worst team in the league for like twenty years until you know the nineties when they when they began that run that they had, but. I mean, I grew up with Detroit being, like, the worst team in the league. Um, you know, I mean, I, rem- I remember Gerard Gallant playing on them, um, you know, obviously a lot later on. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, Detroit was the worst team in the league when I started watching hockey for many, many years. Yeah, definitely. All right, Glenn, uh, good episode. We'll, we'll catch up uh, next Tuesday. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, Glenn, RP, uh, Bleed Blue Show, Blue Shirts win, man, and we'll get to celebrate, and hopefully we can have more points by the time we get back and try to catch up with uh, Pittsburgh in the standings, man. So I'm yep. soon, ladies and gentlemen, Bleed Blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?